All it takes is one, I think, for him to be gone and to no longer be a Tennessee Titan. But we'll have to see. If I had to put a number on it today, I'd say probably a 90% chance he's gone. Welcome into the Hot Read Podcast for Monday, January 8th. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, director of published content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network. You can follow me on social media at Easton Freeze. I am joined on our live Sunday afternoon reaction taping by producer JT. As always, JT, how are you? I'm good. And, you know, I today has gotten me feeling just introspective because oh. as we've all learned today, time is a flat circle. And <laughs> when something starts, it must come back again and finish the circle. History sure. is doomed to repeat itself. And that's what happened today. And, you know, I, I've just as we sit here, it's a lot funnier about, the second time. It is More a lot fun. funnier the second sure. time for <laughs> sure. Um, but as we sit here, uh, ready to put a bookend on the 2023 Titans, because Lord, am I ready to put them behind we were, me? Yeah, and, man, we were uh, talking about it. it we were ready to slam that book shut. Uh, luckily, the final chapter that was written today, a pleasant ending. Um, uh, one that I think Titans fans deserved after the season that we you know, those of us that ha- do this professionally and cover the team, those of you that love the team and listen to us and watch the games and have to deal with what this was from the Titans this season. This was a an ending that you deserved, a fitting ending to an otherwise dreadful three or four months of our lives. And I'm glad that it can end on a note that isn't just really sour because it absolutely could have and it didn't. So we're going to talk about everything we saw and heard from Nissan Stadium today. It was a phenomenal day. JT and I were both there. Um, pretty nice weather for a, for a January football game. An entertaining game. A game that the Titans actually hung on to and didn't blow like many of the leads that they've given up in the past couple of games. It was overall not a lot of negative things to say about it. So we're going to dive into all of those things. We're going to talk about DeAndre Hopkins and Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry and some chapters to some pretty big books in recent Titans in the recent uh, edition of the Titans encyclopedia that we believe have uh, had their final chapter written, or maybe have had their final chapter written. We're going to talk about all of that and more today. We would love to hear all of your thoughts on what you saw today on TV, or if you were there in person, what you think about this Titans team, the way that they ended the season, how they go into this off season and draft season. That is going to be so much fun to talk about and to cover, to see what all happens. And uh, reminder, remember like 10 seconds ago, we were talking about how this team might implode come Monday morning. It's going to be, I think, a pretty sharp turn from, wow, I can't believe this game ended the way that it did. And they won the game and Ryan Tannehill's swan song and is Derrick Henry leaving all these things. And then this week it's back to Titans fans wondering what kind of turmoil might start bubbling to the surface with this team and the the leadership and the ownership and all all of that. So we're going to dive into all of that today and more in just a moment. But I have to tell you a couple of things. First of all, if you're watching with us live, do us a huge favor. If you're not watching on YouTube, if you're checking us out on Twitter or on Facebook, thank you for being here live. You're going to have a much better viewing experience. If you go on over to Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page, it's Broadway Sports Media on YouTube. Find this live stream there. And in the comment section on YouTube is where you can be a part of today's conversation. Like so many of you already are, Kyle and Derek and Deagle and AJ and Tighten Up, Tony, Zedine, the first guy here. Appreciate all of you guys being here. Any questions you have about the Titans draft order, 
guys that may or may not be leaving, all of those things, we're going to try to address every question you have. So pour them into those comments. And while you're over there, make sure you're subscribed to Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page. We just eclipsed 700 subscribers, really started building up the channel for the first time this year. So we are trying to build the momentum going into draft season, hoping to get to 1,000 subscribers as soon as possible, maybe by the draft. We'll see. Um, but Help us out. Subscribe for free. It's very helpful to us, and it's free to you, so do us a favor. And then if you wouldn't mind sharing the show however you can to get as many live eyeballs on our product today as humanly possible, we would appreciate you doing that, hitting like, hitting retweet, sending the link to a friend, anything you can do. We appreciate your help in that regard. We are brought to you today by Boombus Craft Pizza and Tap House, a wonderful local establishment in the Middle Tennessee area that I'm going to tell you all about later on in today's show. But let's go ahead and dive on in to the recap of Jaguars Titans week 18 after the year that this has been Titans fans very deserving of the result JT we said it a couple weeks ago you read it run from it spoiler Mike Vrabel arrives all the same and he did today for the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2022 the Titans were seven and three at the peak of their season and ultimately got knocked out of the playoffs in Jacksonville in week 18 in 2023, the Jaguars were 8-3 at the peak of their season, and they ultimately today get knocked out of the playoffs in Tennessee in Week 18. I consider that a favor repaid. Jacksonville fans, got to be a tough one today. Uh, I mean, the expectations coming into the season, the expectations being 8-3. and three, I, I remember, I'm old enough to remember a couple months ago, talking about, eight. ooh, Jaguars. Might be in play for the one seed in the AFC going to be a you know maybe a, a, a sneaky contender in the playoffs and now they're on the couch joining the titans and the colts the whole afc south that was undeserving will be on the couch watching in my opinion the only afc south team that was really deserving of playing in the postseason the houston texans they will be watching them probably lose in the first round if we're being honest but um that's the way that the afc south went this year and i'm glad that the playoffs is not frankly polluted by more afc south pretenders uh pretender contenders than it needed to be so that is a very good thing. The Titans played a pretty complete game today, JT. And you know I'm a big metaphor guy, and you hate my golf metaphors, but it is a gentleman's game, and you can't tell me that today was not the perfect golf metaphor. Today was the Titans' 18th week of the season, really reminiscent of the 18th hole of a golf course after a really crappy round. Nothing has gone right for you all day long. You've been at it for a while. You probably put a couple of brewskis back on the back nine because you just you've given up on your score you're just trying to have a good time and not be miserable but how you can't figure out your swing and then on the 18th hole you tee that ball up you don't even care anymore you're playing loose you're just trying to get to the clubhouse and get your bags in the trunk and get home then you pipe that drive dead center 300 yards rolls out for a great look the approach shot ooh, it lands softly on the green and then you read the putt putt drops breaks just how you thought it would Nice little birdie to end your day. And suddenly you've gone from entering the 18th hole, coming off a 17 green, thinking this cannot end any faster. To now thinking, I can't wait to get back out here. I can't wait to play again. That's what happened to the Tennessee Titans today. It was a game that I don't think anybody really expected the way that, it, I mean, listen, we bet the Titans in the best bet gauntlet. We were thinking that they had a chance to pull the upset here. Vegas certainly thought so, and once again, Vegas was right. But I don't think anybody saw it going the way that it did today. How clean the Titans' operation was from the get-go, how successful they were in the red zone, how successful they were moving the ball behind an even further depleted offensive line, 
with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, a throwback set of guys missing some help on the outside, a pretty banged up receiver core. Didn't matter, man. Did not matter. They got out there. Guys were hitting incentives. Guys were getting touchdowns. Guys were breaking off big plays. The, the offensive line was blocking. They didn't blow for like the first time all year. In But this was the first game all year in which it felt like, and I, we got to see the advanced numbers tomorrow, but the pass blocking was serviceable. Like it was certainly not great, but Ryan Tannehill didn't get murdered every two seconds. And then the run blocking. Holy cow, JT. I mean, maybe it's because these offensive linemen felt that this might be the last time we get to block for one of the best running backs to ever grace the league, Derrick Henry. And they just, they left it all out there. It, mildly frustrating to see them figure it out a little bit here at the end against a Jaguars run defense that's pretty middle of the road. Like it, it's not like it was a cupcake. Um, they're not the stoutest in the league either. They certainly didn't look very good today against a Titans run blocking unit that has been really, really underwhelming. A lot of big holes, a lot of blocking downfield. And the biggest thing for me, JT, the past couple of weeks, any given play you pull up on the tape, the most frustrating part wasn't that they were all not doing their job very well. It was that any given play, there was at least one person that just blew it and the whole play fell apart like a house of cards. Today, you didn't really seem to have that a lot. You seemed like guys were out there getting their responsibilities handled, taking care of business. Peter Skaronsky blocking out of his mind. These are all my general thoughts uh, off the top from this game. JT, before I dive into more of the minutia, what did you take away from a Titans win this afternoon? Yeah, a, a lot the same. A lot of the same as, as you. It was finally a time where, um, really, the the team just put it together. I mean, when was the last time that you saw a sack uh, total so low for for this Titans? Was it twice, two, two times, I think. Two for sixteen yards sack. Only this two. Week. Wow. It was it was crazy to see which that. brings their season long total to what like sixty seven or something. I mean, yeah, we, like, we can forget about the other. It's a little sprinkle on the top of the of the, season, the mountain. But, yeah. but still, I mean, you still had your your normal guys out there. Daniel Brunskill did not play in this game. Jalen Duncan did not play in this game. So Andre Dillard got a healthy dose out there, and still, dare I say, his best he, game as a Titan? Okay, maybe the best game of his career. Hello, Andre Dillard. Bring him back, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I mean, but, sure. Yeah, I mean, of course, today. of course, with the penalties is also was it was a very low number today, five for twenty nine, which was mm. better than the Jags six for forty. So they were keeping it a lot clean. Um, of course, you always have to have the Dylan Raiden's uh, offsides call. You just have to have it. Like you it have came to have later a today. Drop, there was a part drop. of me that was wondering maybe we don't. Maybe, maybe this is change, but no, some things never change. Some things yeah. are, are going to always stay. The you same, knew you yeah. were going to have it, but still uh -huh. th this line played together as a unit. And I think um, we both were talking about it. it. It wasn't just that they wanted to kind of get the Jags out of the playoffs today. It, right. it was from the get go this week when Mike Vrabel was very vocal in that press conference. You knew <laughs> from there that this team was going to bring. You could argue this game was decided at that. Press it could have been, but it, it was a very different energy than we had seen in a long, long time from this Titans team. I mean, just they were they were executing, playing complimentary ball, maybe compliment complimentary ball in the form of Trevor Lawrence just throwing it to some of the Titans guys. I mean, that helps. Straight up. It sure it helps, does. But I mean, Kayvon Wallace making a fantastic uh, interception play that mm -hmm. they go down and um, 
also try to get points off of as well. I think they got it, a touchdown. I think they yeah. got a touchdown. I'm sure. if, if I'm I don't know what it was. Either um, three or seven. Yeah. But still, complimentary football, which is something that we don't see a lot of, of from this team this year. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and the Titans do knock out the Jaguars. It was an all-in or all-out situation for them after the things that had transpired on Saturday in the league. So they are on the couch, and the Titans got away with it because a lot of this discourse coming into the game for Titans fans was, and we're going to get to your questions and comments in the, in the uh, comment section on Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page in just a second, so please keep those coming. We'll address all of them, I promise. I, it was, are you picking the drafts, and you want this team to lose this game, or are you picking play spoiler and, and have some pride at the end of the season and you root for wins. Um, and they, they kind of got the best of both worlds because they entered the day at seventh overall in the draft. And they are going into the draft officially in the seventh spot that is locked in. There is no changing that for them. Um, they could have moved up a spot to eight, which was not going to be good. Um, but because the jets handled business in the snow in a disgusting game against the new England Patriots, they uh, vacate their spot, so the Titans get to stay where they are, um, and they are going to be at seventh, which, in my opinion, is a great pick. Perfectly fine pick. We've talked about this. You need to be really within that seventh or eighth pick to, in our preliminary opinion, get a chance at one of these blue-chip offensive players, of which there are many in this draft. Um, there are some folks I know in the comments already seen wondering if the Titans could possibly move up. No, it's locked now at seven. I've, I've checked this. It is, they are locked seventh, no matter what happens now. Um, and so being at seventh overall guarantees you access to one of the following players, just mathematically. If we, if we are going under the assumption, which again, assumptions this time of year, dangerous, don't speak in abs, only Siths speak in absolutes. However, um, I think it's fair to say, barring some dramatic change, you're going to have two the top two quarterbacks and Marvin Harrison Jr. go before the Titans are on the board. Like they're going to go in the top five, probably the top three, right? Um, but being at seventh guarantees you, assuming those three go, one of the following players offensive tackle Joe Alt, offensive tackle, tackle Olu Fashanu, wide receiver Malik Neighbors, wide receiver Roma Dunze, tight end Brock Bowers. One or more of those guys is going to be available at seven. Um, not to mention folks kind of forget this time of year. You got to have the right, you can actually trade your draft. Like you can move around on the draft board. If you, if you really want a guy, they could move up, they could move back. All of that is TBD. We're going to talk for it from, we'll talk about it for hours and hours and on end for the next couple of months. So we'll get to all of that. But the point is there's a lot of players that could really, really help this team, um, especially wide receiver and tackle wise that they're going to be absolutely be in range of at seventh. So I think nobody should be. I've seen certain people who I will remain uh, that will remain nameless on this show online throwing hissy fits, being addressed by certain players on the team online is what just kind of an ugly scene. Keep your opinions to yourself if you're going to be dumb. That's my only advice. Um, so that is good. Uh, let's talk about Ryan Tannehill. Let's get to the three guys I want to discuss in today's episode. You know what? Actually, JT, let's go. You've kept an eye on the comment section here. Anything we need to address question wise or comment wise about the game in, in, as a, as a whole, before we dive into the, the individual players. Yeah, we can, we can talk about a couple of things real quick. Let's finish up some of this draft talk here, which okay. um, it's, it's one that's kind of interesting because I think I know, and this may be wrong, but I know that uh, our buddy kind of over on, um, 
the football and other effort show, Mike Hernan said that they were locked into the seventh, but I think I saw that Sam Phelan also said there's a scenario. He did say that I, I discussed it with Sam before the show. It's not, that's not a thing. We, he was it's incorrect. Yeah. Just mistaken. Okay. No worries. Cool. Um, but it is, um, yeah, it's seven because we sure. do, because there are a couple people in the chat. that are saying there might be a coin flip or something like that in that scenario. So um, the coin flip is a, just to be super clear to folks. Coin flip is a tiebreaker eventually, but it's like at the very, that's the one that's, pure luck obviously it's at the very bottom of the lengthy list of tiebreakers um well before that the chargers are going to get the tiebreaker no matter what happens in their game which is currently ongoing i don't know what the score of it is but um yeah it's going to be seven for the titans yeah and i think the chargers are still leading the uh, chiefs there so that would uh basically make that it wouldn't matter either way a moot um point. it would be a moot point but a lot of celebration about um the the game today and also just kind of just people scratching their heads about how Lawrence being Trevor Lawrence played today and just kind of questioning as (laughs) this, this division goes on here. um, Logan asked, do the, do the Jaguars have QB four in this division? Mm. It's something to think about. And I think that I'm not saying they for sure do, but I'm not saying they don't. It is a, it is a conversation that may have to be had. Um, here's the deal. There's only one quarterback in this division right now that we can say for certain what he is and that he is a shoulder head and shoulders above the rest. And that's CJ Stroud. Uh, the other three are very much like there's uncertainty with Anthony Richardson. Obviously there's some uncertainty with Will Levis and there's absolutely uncertainty with the eldest and about to be far, far, most far more expensive, most expensive of the three Trevor Lawrence. Um, that those (laughs) Trevor's not the best. We can say that for sure. And he might be the worst. He really might. Um, we also have a couple other ones here. Amy says, when will we know if the Titans are looking for a new head coach? Think it would be <laughs> stupid to get rid of him. But I guess that seems, uh, I think, I think, uh, either less likely now, or maybe she does think that's more likely now, despite the win today. Um, your thoughts on that? I personally, it, it would be a shock if it comes on exactly black Monday, which is tomorrow when it has been the, the most no- notorious day of firing head coaches and other coaches like that. Uh, the day after the final day of the regular season is when a lot of those coaches, but we've heard before the game today, uh, continuing rumors, just going back and forth about they're going to meet this week. They're not meeting this week. It's going to be an interesting week coming uh, upcoming here. Yeah. If you didn't catch our episode on Thursday, it was one of our best in a while. If I have to brag on ourselves a little bit here, we we spent uh, like 90 minutes talking about the situation with Amy Adams Strunk and Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel. So check that out if you missed it. But they, we talked about it then. I, I see no world in which they're fi- they are not firing Mike Vrabel. That's, that's not happening. If, if Mike Vrabel is no longer with this team, it's going to come via trade or come via him forcing his way out in some other unforeseen way that we, you know, it's going to be a weird circumstance. They're not firing him point blank. Like I'll, I'll say that for sure. They're, they are not firing him. Um, and so he may not be here. And if that happens, I don't like like you said, I don't think it's happening tomorrow. There's a lot of wheels that are going to have to turn. There's going to be meetings, I'm sure. We heard a lot before the game today. Some folks in national media saying that there were meetings planned. Some other folks saying that the meetings were not planned. They're going to meet. Eventually, somebody's going to meet with somebody. That all is going to like the Nat. Every team, when their season ends, you got to do some housekeeping. There's going to be some housekeeping done for this Titans team, and they're going to figure it out. I don't know if we're going to have an answer on that this week or this month. Or by June, like I don't know. Uh, I I would say sooner than later, but it could be longer than you think. So I would uh, play. I I dress this as a marathon. I'd get. I just buckle up and see what happens. We'll be. I will be there tomorrow, 
for locker cleanout day. And I don't know if Mike Vrabel is going to talk or not. He'll talk eventually. Um, I don't, Carthen may or may not talk eventually. We're going to hear all of this in the debrief of the season soon. So let's hold our horses on that. Um, Guillerme's question is a great question. Let's address, we're, we're going to address all of that. Guillerme, when we get to, I have, a, I have a lot to talk about regarding Henry's day that he had, which was a phenomenal one, as well as what his future with this team might hold. All right. Sorry for that internet situation. Hopefully that is done for the day. I, I, I don't know. I, my wife is downstairs. I don't know what she's doing. I just texted her. Like if you're messing with the internet, please don't. Okay. Uh, Logan saying for able hacking this podcast. Cause he wants you to stop the chatter. Maybe Logan, that may very well be the case. Um, let's dive into some of these players. And uh, when you initially lost me a moment ago, did I get my point across about they're going to have a debrief for this season? Yes. Did we hear that? Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. That was perfect. As long, I didn't know when I got cut off. All right. So they're going to, they're going to have meetings. We're going to hear all of that this week. Yes. Pump the brakes. Okay. So Ryan Tannehill, he for sure played his last game as a Titan today. He said as much in his post game press conference. There's no ambiguity here. He knows it. Titans know it. Fans know it. He's moving on. Um, but he had a nice final day. Uh, his statistically, it was honestly kind of a, a standard Ryan Tannehill day. Uh, not great, not bad enough to win the game. He had some things to say after the game and some folks got some footage before the game of him and Derek Henry standing in the tunnel together. Really cool moment. Them sharing their thoughts and, uh, just being there for each other. And a couple of guys that, I mean, listen, the Titans for what love them or hate them in the prime two or three years of the Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry, Mike Vrabel era, they won more games than 28 of the other NFL teams in the league. They did a whole lot of winning that is in large part due to the efforts of Ryan Tannehill being a very, very good trailer quarterback and Derek Henry really being the motor of the team and scoring a lot of points and, being a menace to the league for a long, long time. And so Ryan Tannehill deserved his flowers. He got to run out of the tunnel one last time announced with the offense, which was exciting and a special moment. Um, and we asked him some questions after the game. You can go check out a lot of that video footage from the press conference on my Twitter account at Easton freeze. If you want to go listen to it for yourself, but uh, we asked him, you know, I, I asked him what he'll remember most about being a Tennessee Titan. I said, long from now when his career is over, when he's looking back on, on his time in Tennessee, what was the thing or the things that were going to stand out most to him about his time in two-tone blue? And, and he gave a lengthy answer that I think is worth going to listen to. I wish we'd had time today to pull it, but we we ran up against the clock. He, he just said it was about the relationships and the winning and the culture and all the things that makes the really the Mike Vrabel Tennessee Titans, the Mike Vrabel Tennessee Titans. And it's it's the guys and, and all of these things that he was appreciative of and uh, went on for a, a a lengthy list of, of things that um, he was glad he got to be a part of he, a couple more comments from him. He said at the end of the game, which was funny to me, you know, he threw that interception late, which he was trying to force that ball to Deandre Hopkins. He shouldn't have been forcing that ball to Deandre Hopkins, but there were incentives on the line. We were bonus hunting on us on a Sunday in week 18, which everybody's out here doing. He said that at the end he was prepared to go rogue uh, to get the ball. He said he went to DeAndre and said, I'm going to get you the ball. And I don't care what they call. I'll go rogue and get you the ball um, to get his incentives. Jokingly saying, listen, I've got, what do I have to lose? I, I'm not going to be here next year anyway. So I will go rogue and, and I will sabotage this team to get you your, get you your, uh, your incentives. Obviously did not have to do that. 
Speaking of DeAndre Hopkins, he did hit a number of his incentives. I think he made a half million dollars today. Good work if you can get it. JT, do you have those numbers in front of you? What what's We've been tracking it throughout the year. He had catch incentives, yards incentives, and touchdown incentives. Which ones did he hit? Yeah, so the big ones for him uh, coming into the day were definitely his yard total and the uh, catches total. So um, he needed... Um, Another, uh, I think it was six catches to seven get catches. seven, seven catches to yep. eclipse the 75 uh, catch mark, which earned him another $250,000. So he hit his $500,000 total bonus on catches. So if he okay. eclipsed 75 receptions, he got $500,000, was able to do that. Now to get his entire uh, $1 million bonus, uh, from yards, he needed to eclipse 1,050 yards, in which he did that as well. And then, if he wanted to uh, get to $750,000 in incentives in terms of touchdowns, he just needed one more touchdown in this game. He was at six and he needed two today. He gets one, but doesn't get the other. Um, so maybe that's why they were trying to get the ball downfield. As, as I, think it'll, as I think it'll be all right. Two or three is not um, too bad. Yeah, but he did. Uh, in total, he, he racked up $2 million in incentives this year, played every single game for the Titans. Um, so that, that pretty dang good for a veteran wide receiver that they, that they signed in the off season, I would say. Pretty good indeed. And to, to transition from Deandre Hopkins to Ryan Tannen or to uh Derek Henry, who's the, the guy we want to talk most about today. He, uh, was asked after the game and I, I've got a video of this on my Insta or my Twitter account as well. He was asked about playing with Derek Henry and, Derek, Derek Henry is a guy that we think is a future Hall of Famer, but there's some debate there. No one debates whether or not DeAndre Hopkins is a future Hall of Famer. He is. Um, and he said as a future Hall of Famer that he believes Derrick Henry is a future Hall of Famer. And it's been exciting for him to watch Derrick Henry's Hall of Fame career and be a part of it in, in a small way. And so um, I think that's a perfect transition into talking about the day that Derrick had and the things that he said after the game, which are interesting and not contradictory, but uh, certainly vague. Um, Derrick Henry, super special player. A lot of shows took their time last week to do a little retrospective on the, the time that Derrick Henry has had here in Tennessee. He's just now finishing his eighth season as a Titan. He's done more for this franchise really than you can put into words. He's a superstar. He's brought a lot of eyeballs to the Tennessee Titans organization that um, otherwise probably would not have been on them. He kind of put the Titans not on the map, but on the map in a way nationally, if that makes sense, um, because he was the best at what he was doing for so long and was so electric and so nationally relevant, something that the Titans frankly haven't had a, a ton of in their time uh, in Tennessee. But his stat line today, JT, if this is his swan song, it's one heck of one. 153 yards, 19 attempts, 8.1 yards per carry. Got a touchdown in there and a long of 69. Had a big, long, vintage Derrick Henry run that he joked afterwards. He said, I'm getting old. I should have scored on that one, which I think we were all wondering, like, is he going to? Is No, okay, just kidding. He got caught. Um, but it was a fantastic day for him. Regardless that that long run, by the way, go back and do yourself a favor. Go back and watch the replay of that. It's very funny. And so I think it was Sam Monson with PFF pointing this out on Twitter. Derrick Henry is at the point in his career that he is as big and enigmatic, enigmatic 
figure in the minds of defenders as he is physically an imposing defender. That last defender who eventually tackles him, Derek kind of like leans into him a little bit and indicates he's going to initiate contact. And the defender backs off a step and it got Derek like five or eight more yards than he was going to get otherwise. Just the idea of Derek initiating the contract contact is menacing, is imposing upon defenders. Mentally, they're in a blunder. It's it's a it's a joy to watch. Truly, it is. There are very, very few guys in the NFL that are like that. Um, and that was an example of that. We've got a couple of new lists. JT, our favorite thing on this show. Lists of Hall of Famers and Derrick Henry. We've got a couple of those today. One of which, Derrick Henry's rushing touchdown today, gives him 12 in the season for the fifth time in his career. So five seasons now, he's had 12 or more touchdowns. That makes him join the list of Ladanian Tomlinson, Emmett Smith, Adrian Peterson, Sean Alexander, and Jim Brown as the only players in NFL history with five such seasons. We got a classic Derrick Henry touchdown run for 18 yards. That's the touchdown that, that got him to that 12 mark. And uh, that touchdown total mark for him gets him to 90 rushing touchdowns, tying Eric Dickerson and Curtis Martin uh, for career total rushing touchdowns. He's 13th all time in the NFL. He passed Earl Campbell today for the 36th all time in rushing yards. So 13th on the all time list for rushing touchdowns, 36th on the all time rushing list for total yards. It's the future hall of famer. I mean, it, it just, it just is. I'm sorry. It is um, on that long run of 69 yards, by the way, Derrick Henry reached a top speed of 21.68 miles per hour on his 69 yard run. This is according to next gen stats, which is, this is going to blow some folks minds. It's tied for the seventh fastest speed by a ball carrier this season. And it's Henry's fastest play since week six of 2021. His career high is 21.8. So when we, and by the way, on that, on that play, the, apparently the expected rush yards was 10. So we got 59 yards over expectation. Not bad. It's pretty decent. Um, We've been saying it all season that Derek has lost a step, but it's important to note. We've noted this before, but this is a great example of it. That's not in reference to his top speed. Like at his peak, 21.8 miles per hour. Today, he was he was 0.12 mile per hour short, uh, slower than the fastest he's ever run on a football field today in 2024 at 30 years old. So his top speed, that top gear still exists. The lost step is the burst, right? It's the acceleration. He's not getting up to that speed nearly as quickly as he used to. He's not exploding past the, the, the first line and getting to the second level and running over guys six yards downfield. He's got to, you know, it's a chugga, chugga, choo, choo. Got to get this train rolling. Takes a minute, a little bit. Um, and that's fine. That's just, that's the natural progression of how his game has aged. Um, he took the mic after the game, which we, we now covered the numbers in the game. JT, did, did folks, in, any folks in the comments, or do you have any thoughts on the game that he played? I was coming into the game just hoping that it would be a nice send-off, and I got more than I think I bargained for. No, I did too, and I think the connection issues are on my end, so I'll try to keep it short and sweet so the show keeps oh, gotcha. going. No, no um, worries. But no, actually, it, it was... All right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going just for the sake of the show. And JT, when he gets his connection back, which it looks like he has. Are you back I now, am. JT? Yeah. Okay, now go ahead. Let's try Derek Henry did good, and he passed Earl Campbell and <laughs> Sean Alexander today in <laughs> rushing yards. That's the end of what That's I was your, Okay, say. those are your thoughts. All right, thank you for taking one for the show. I'll keep going here. Um, let's talk about what Derek said after the game. 
And it, if folks in the comments can confirm whose fault it is here, uh, whether it's on JT's end or my end, so we just we know how to operate. That'd be nice in the comment section. Um, okay. After the game, he did something that I've not really seen a player do in like my history of watching the NFL. Maybe it's happened before. Okay, folks are saying it's JT's fault. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry fault. for you, JT, but it's I'm happy okay. for the show just because I typically have more words. Yeah. Um, he took the microphone at midfield after the game, spoke to the fans, and didn't say goodbye. And I know he didn't because he clarified when he came into the press conference afterwards. The first thing he said was that that was not necessarily a goodbye. He said, they just asked me to take the mic and kind of freestyle off the dome. And that's what he did. But it sure sounds like a goodbye, right? I mean, it, it was a lot of, uh, you know, he said, I love y'all and thank you for the best eight years of my life. And thank you guys for showing out and making noise. And um, Titans fans were going crazy. And it was a really cool scene. You can check out the video all over Twitter. I think it's on the NFL's Twitter account. Then he comes into the press conference room. He speaks to us and we asked him a number of questions that I'm going to summarize again. I wish we could have pulled clips today. We didn't have time. Go to my, I have like eight or nine Derrick Henry clips on my Twitter account at Easton freeze. You can listen to him there. But, um, we asked him about the pregame discussion with Ryan Tannehill. He was very appreciative and, and expressed that appreciate. It, it was first of all, it was the best Derrick Henry press conference any of us have been to. And I asked folks who've been to a lot more Derrick Henry press conferences than I have. They said, yes, this is an A++ press conference. It's, it's a, it is the best he's given. It's like out of a movie. It was a very, very good press conference. He was animated, answered a lot of our questions, gave really in-depth um, answers. He said that the Tannehills are like family to him. His, his, uh, his girl and Ryan Tannehill's girl are good friends and their kids are friends and um, they, they enjoy one another's company. And so they're always going to be a family. And he enjoyed having this one last try with his brother in that way. Um, he talked about never being a free agent before, which is something that I think a lot of fans don't like. He almost hit free agency after his first contract, but he got tagged. And then the Titans arranged a long-term deal with him, which is now officially come to a close. And so this is his first time being a free agent. He said, he's excited about it. doesn't really know how it works. He was going to figure it out as, as he goes. And, uh, we asked him about free agency and like what his priorities are. He didn't give a super clear answer naturally at this stage in the game, but he did say his biggest goal next in his career is to get a ring. He wants to win a Super Bowl, and he said, "I want to do that, whatever that looks like. I'd like to do that." He also, which that rang out as okay. Well, he's probably gonna go somewhere else, right? He's gonna go to a contender now. Titans might not be a contender now next year. They're gonna be teams that seem like sure shots to be contenders in 2024. So maybe that means he leaves. But then, then he said, "Oh, by the way." every player wants to be a lifelong contract with your team, like with one team guy, that's an NFL player's goal. Like that's what you are rooting for since you joined the league. And he said he wants nothing more in life than to bring a Super Bowl to Nashville, bring a Super Bowl to Tennessee. He wants that really, really bad. And he would love to be with Tennessee his entire career. So again, smart, good, good businessman, leaving things open to interpretation. Um, we also asked him about what his favorite moment was as a Titan, did you catch this JT? Do you know the answer already? I did. Yes. Okay. So I, I, in my head, I'm thinking there's only one answer to this, Derek. There's no way you can. And he gave the correct answer. He said it was the 99 yard touchdown in or uh, against Jacksonville in Tennessee. That kind of, that was the moment he, you know, he'd had some really big runs and was a starter before then, but that was the thing in prime time that really put his star on the national NFL map. And naturally I think that's what he's going to look back most fondly on. And that was 
that was his coming out party, that run, that game um, where he has over 200 yards and multiple touchdowns and that um, longest possible run. He had an opportunity technically to do it again today. Titans uh, stop the Jaguars on the one yard line. They do the thing that the the Colts did last night against the Texans where they get them to jump off sides on the one yard line, give them some breathing room. So it's like, ah, no, the, the opportunity is gone. I have a feeling it wasn't going to happen, but the storybook moment would have just would have been chef's kiss. It would have been so good. Um, but he 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 said he was he was hoping it didn't happen. But that 99 yard run was his favorite moment in Tennessee. And uh, the one last note that I have here on Derrick Henry, I left the the stadium, walk into my car after that press conference. He's outside by the players' exit gate, giving autographs and pictures to fans. Um, a really really cool moment for for him and for the franchise a really classy guy they did not force him to go out there he he went out there on his own volition and so that that is a cool moment for a guy that um is for my money the the best biggest titan to ever play for the tennessee titans i think he's the most impressive athlete to ever play for the tennessee titans i think he's the best player to ever play for not the oilers franchise but for the tennessee titans um and if he's not here next year which he may very well not be I wish him the best. A lot of folks in the comments have already asked, like, do you think he's going to be here next year or not? I would say it, here, here's the ultimate. Is he going to be here or not? Question you have to answer. It is not about what the Titans are willing to give him. It is not about what Derrick Henry wants. It is about what other teams, if there are other teams in the NFL, are willing to offer him. That's all it is. Because if no other team offers him, I'm pretty confident the Titans would offer him and Derrick would accepted if there were no other offers because he wants to keep playing and the Titans wouldn't mind keeping him around. That being said, if there's a team out there that is willing to give him starter money or starter ish money, he's going to be gone. And I had somebody in the press room ask me today, like, who do you think would be a good fit? A good question that I've not really put a ton of thought into. The first team that comes to mind for me is the Cowboys could use a player like that to pair with, with Tony Paul, which I think a lot of Titans fans would have a hard time with because most fans of any non Cowboys variety hate the Cowboys uh, and that's what you saw Eddie George do and so that's going to be like history repeating itself again in that regard um I, like I don't know the Bengals that they moved on from Joe Mixon maybe um I like there aren't a ton of obvious fits that can change but it's all dependent on which front offices around the league are willing to give a 30 year old running back with a gajillion miles on his tires starter money and a starting role and how many of those are there? And I don't know the answer to that question. All it takes is one, I think, for him to be gone and to no longer be a Tennessee Titan. But we'll have to see. If I had to put a number on it today, I'd say probably a 90% chance he's gone. A, a t maybe this is even being generous. A 10% chance he sticks around, JT. Does that sound right to you? What do you think? Yeah, in my opinion, I would say... I don't think I'd go that far. I I'm not off. I'm not off by too much. I'd say 80, 20 that he's okay. gone. I think really what you're saying is probably the way the Titans currently will, will look at it. I, I think that they'll say to Derek, you know, we, we really would like to, to have you around. However, go, go explore the market, see what you can find. Cause we're not going to give you the first offer because I think with this amount of money right now that this, that this Titans team has, um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to to bring that guy back. And as Logan points out, uh, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler 
are all free agents this offseason. It's mm. going to be very interesting when it comes to the running back. And market. Jay Boogie mentions the Ravens. The Ravens are absolutely a team that we know that there was some rumored interest at the trade deadline that that could that could potentially be the case, which uh, Titans fans I know would hate that one as well. So <laughs> there's not a scenario in which he's wearing something other than two tone blue where Titans fans are happy. But Cowboys or Ravens might be two of the worst possible scenarios. Yeah, um, um, I, I just think that if if. Derrick Henry comes back, it cannot be the first domino in this running back market to drop, right? No, no. I, I think that would be... Unless the, he just is interested in a yes. super... Which I don't unless think that he, he is. Unless he's interested he's, in a one-year, $4 million dollar deal, which is uh, not... He's not going to jump to that conclusion. He may end up having to take that, but that's not going to be a, you know, a March choice, I don't think. Yeah, and so I think he's gone. I think that this team has an opportunity to truly... Um, build around what they have now and, and through the draft and through some other pieces that they may have. I think what we saw out of Ty J Spears today was really, really impressive and kind Super of what um, he was like kind of thought to be, even though he only has one ACL, but put him behind a good offensive line. <laughs> this kid is going to just is lightning in a bottle. He's going to find his way out of situations and get plus yardage. And if you pair him with a guy that you can get on a one year, 2 million or $3 million deal, I think you're going to get, um, you're going to have something there that they can work with. And I think that's what they want to work with going forward. Yep. And we can, this is a, uh, developing situation as we're recording in the middle of the NFL Sunday here, but, uh, I can, I can now say for certain what the Titans gave up in terms of draft capital by winning is one spot. They would have officially been the sixth pick if they'd lost this game. They won. Instead, they're a seventh. Maybe there are folks that disagree, but that the, the price to knock the Jaguars out of the playoffs, humiliate them and force them to sit down next to you and the Colts on the couch uh, after the season that they had, after the eight and three start that they had, one pick firmly within the top 10 is a bargain to bargain. I think that that is a trade-off that you make 10 times out of 10. And I think ultimately moving from sixth to seventh is going to mean absolutely nothing. I, I don't think so either, especially when um, we're already starting to hear the buzz about Jaden Daniels. And if Michael Penix Jr. can work some magic tomorrow and upset Michigan and just puts on an absolute clinic, we're going to be talking about once again, four quarterbacks that could all go in the top five picks if that's the case. So it's going to be, we, we know how this works. Draft yes. cycles every single year, no matter what, even in the years where you had, you know, you had Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett and, and, and uh, Desmond Ritter as the QB class, like every year we're going to spend from right this moment on January 7th, 2024, all the way through to the end of April, it's going to be people in the media, fans, people in front offices, people on coaching staffs, everybody that's paying attention to what's going on is going to continue to talk themselves and talk themselves and talk themselves into moving those QBs further and further and further up the board because it's the nature of the quarterback position. That's the nature of the, the hype machine, the echo chamber. How That's excited, how it works. They're going to move up. For you, how happen. excited for you to just like in March, like let's say March like 25th, Yeah, our comment sections are going to be like, Will Levis was nice, but Jaden Daniels, man, I don't know. You're, you could, it's, it's the ceiling, man. I saw Michael <laughs> Penix win the national championship and throw five touchdowns. I mean, Will Levis is nice and all, but exactly. It, no, hundred percent. Let's, yes. let's cherish the start of this before it once again devolves into madness. That thought's going to creep into some minds and it's going to, it's going to corrupt everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, that being said, guess what JT? 
folks have been asking us since like early November draft <laughs> questions and off season questions. We've been, been saying yes. we don't stop. We don't do that yet on this show. We live in the moment on this show. We try hard not to look ahead. We don't do any of our draft study in earnest until the new year. It's the new year and the regular season is over. So the time has come. It is, it is time. My friends, let, let the 2024 draft cycle on the hot read podcast begin. JT and I are going to be diving in head first, some senior bowl plans, some combine plans, some big guest plans, some bigger and better content plan. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a ton of fun. This draft class is great. Titans have some very big decisions to make, some very big picks to make. So looking forward to all of that. I'm going to leave you uh, today's show. We're, we're going to wrap up here. JT, if you wouldn't mind scouring the comments, anything else we need to address at the very end, you can bring up in a second. Um, but a PSA about the draft and off season that we are entering now. And this is a reminder for fans, for folks in the media, for you and I, JT. Everyone needs reminding of this. Practically, it is it is Jan it is January. It is the first week of January. Practically nothing is set in stone. Not a thing. Resist speaking in absolutes. Only Siths deal in absolutes, as a very famous franchise once said. A ton can and will change. Between now and March, now in April, now in May, it's a great reminder for everybody, myself included, JT included, you all included. There are like, I can count on one hand the number of things during any given offseason or any given draft cycle that you can talk about as absolutes. And even those are subject to change if something extenuating happens, right? Like, like we've said on this show, top two quarterbacks, I'll be really surprised if they don't go in the top three picks, right? Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr., if he, Paul, if he falls past like four, going to be really surprised by that but barring like those are the three things that really i think you can say with some kind of certainty the rest it's gonna be a fun ride i have no idea what's gonna happen that's half the fun is figuring out what's gonna happen so um that's a psa for everybody don't speak in absolutes resist 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 you don't need the clicks don't be clickbaity don't be don't be uh don't be hot hot takey it's not worth it it's not worth it just just let's be rational about this. All right, Jason, before we go, anything's in the comments we need to address. Yeah, I was going to say Logan just chimed in saying Alton Olu arm length measurements are going to be wild indeed. <laughs> Can't wait sure. to bring out the pass rush win rate percentage we, that we love yeah. to use on this yep, show. Yep. Underwear again. Olympics time is coming. Um, We're going to be measuring coming. arms, it's measuring legs, I'm measuring so jumps and runs um, and, and all of these things that matter so much and are so weird. Yeah, I can't wait. And uh, Logan also says one spot in the draft to get Easton to realize Lawrence is bad is very worth it. This is an interesting take that we might have to, to discuss later when we have nothing to talk about uh, in the offseason. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to play the fifth. My, I'm going to say that you're going to uh, we can defer that one. And then Charlie brings up an interesting point where he says, give Henry a two year 15 with 10 guaranteed. I think he would stay would be an interesting uh it would be interesting, but I, I still think that might be a little too I'd much. I'd say that's on the very, very north end of the deal that the Titans would even consider mm -hmm. offering to him, um, is what I will say. It's not a great, I mean, it's on paper, it's not an insane salary, it's not an insane contract, but the value of what he is, I mean, it, the value is dictated by what the league is willing to pay. And with the running back market, I hesitate often to, to guess because it is so difficult to know and the market is constantly shifting these days. So what I think Henry is worth may not be what he ultimately is worth. We're going to find out, and uh, that's going to be exciting. 
I think we're done here today. I got JT. one more thing, actually. Okay, I, I've got? got one more thing here. And as as we uh, kind of wrap up here on the regular season, we have one more game left in the best bet gauntlet. Oh, um, right, right. Right here. And so while you were talking, I, I did the numbers here. Um, and so with one game left, Bills game, right? the Bills game. So Bills you have minus Bills two and minus and two and a half right now. Yep. Um, the best bet gauntlet for the regular season is uh, I don't know how much one game is going to truly, I hope you win this one because I'm also riding with you on this one. I hope we win it, but if not, I don't think it's going to change too much. The best bet gauntlet, which I think is how many picks? 10 picks, 18 weeks, 180 picks or so, plus give or take. Add in Thanksgiving, we're probably north of 200 on the year. Yep. Um, 58.6% on the year. Mm, Man. Pretty good. We went, what? I think we went 57 and a half last year and we said, we're not beating that, so hope y'all were taking it with us. Oops, we beat it. <laughs> Sorry, we made you more money this year. Hope you were riding with us. I'll say it again just so we can do it again. There's no way we're beating that again next year. Where There's no shot, no shot we're going to beat 58 point whatever percent next year. So definitely hope you rode with us while you had the chance. Um, really, we, uh, we take it very seriously, so we're very proud of that. So, uh, that's very good news. And yeah, if you're riding with us tonight, the play is bills minus two and a half played up to minus three. That's the, Logan says JT made us money. Okay. At the end of the year, JT's going to have me beat by like three picks. Get, get lost, bro. Um, thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it. Kind of a disjointed 18th week episode here, but that's, you know what the reaction episodes are kind of like that. And JT and I kind of peek behind the curtain we kind of push today's show up because we we really want to watch this game tonight too it should be really awesome so we're gonna go do that now you should do that as well you should also plan to watch us and this show again on tuesday we'll be having a live show uh, i'm sure we'll be right re- recapping all the things that i saw and heard at the locker cleanout day tomorrow which was, should be an entertaining time uh, a revealing time about the futures of some of these players we'll talk about any developments that might have come in the leadership power struggle thing weird smoke fire situation and uh we'll be talking about any other things in the nfl cycle news then and then on thursday we'll be live again from boombox crap pizza and tap house previewing the first weekend of the nfl playoff slate which we are going to titan show but we're paying everyone's paying attention to the playoffs we're going to talk about that we'll talk all things titans then as well so our regular three week uh three episode week on Tuesday afternoon, on Thursday evening. Tune in for both of those, and we appreciate you guys doing that. Thanks for listening in live. If you're not subscribed to our podcast, make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media at Hot Read Pod on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, and give us a follow on Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page. I forgot to do the shout-out for Boombox. Guys, Boombox Crab Pizza and Tap House. We'll tell you all about it each and every uh, episode. They got three locations in Middle Tennessee in Spring Hill, where we're at every Thursday live at 5:30 p.m. Central Standard God's Time, East Nashville and Murfreesboro. Check them out for the best crap pizza and uh, tap house local and domestic options that you can find. Great prices, great food. You won't regret it. Boomba's Crap Pizza and Tap House. We love them and thank them for sponsoring us. All right, until Tuesday for producer JT. I'm your host Easton Freeze. We're gonna go watch some final one how many games are there 182 i think 182nd game of the year should be a great one dolphins bills hope y'all enjoy we sure are going to we'll catch you tuesday